Oh my God, you do ask tough questions. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to use the word scalability. This helped me a lot in my business. So let's see if this is helpful. Basically, we're talking about, are you growing at the rate you want to be growing without chilling yourself? without working 80 hours a week on your business when you gave up a miserable job so that you don't work eight hours, 80 hours a week. Okay, let's simplify yep. it. Scalability. The business has to scale or it will eventually fizzle out. You as a human being have to scale. So you need to understand how to scale what you offer and how it then you know results in the income and the profit and, and bottom line for you. And so... I started out, most coaches do, I started out charging by the hour and selling very small packages, thinking that is absolutely the ceiling for someone at my level. And I was killing myself. I had so many clients. I was working so many hours. Naturally, I started to resent coaching. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We've got a great one in store for you. In case you happen to miss the last episode, here's a quick snippet, and then we will get on to the show. My life, I'd been kind of a storyteller. Uh, when I was eight years old, my little sister was born, and so I kind of, you know, babysat with her as I got older, and I would tell her all kinds of stories. And then my nieces and nephews, and then we had our own children. Now I have grandkids, and I'm just always spinning out yarns. Uh, so I've always had kind of an interest. Someday I'd just like to write these stories. So I had just published a book of history, a book of nonfiction, and this guy who's a, a, a film producer um, called me and said, I just read your, your history book. I want you to write a film script. <laughs> I'd like to introduce here to our community, uh, Farnoosh Brock. Uh, I'm going to let her introduce herself here in just a moment. She's a business coach and author speaker and focused on helping business owners and leaders uh, to change the conversation from selling to serve. It's good to be speaking to you on a topic I'm really passionate about, which is going from selling and being in that place of trying to convince or push people to buy our fabulous services to serving and doing it in a framework that actually results in effective sales that feel good. And that is the part I really struggled with. And so I started to experiment a different approach to creating those sales, to creating my clients. And that led to the book that Errol mentioned, The Serving Mindset, which really says, stop selling and grow your business. And that is what we are going to talk about. How can you stop selling and approach your entire um, method from a serving perspective and still create even better, happier clients at higher premiums? Absolutely. So I guess the, the question that comes to mind is, 
You mean you don't really have to uh, focus on just selling everybody with what you have to be able to sell more? Oh my God, is that what I'm saying? Yes, that is what I'm saying. And you know what? I am going to put a disclaimer out there. This method I talk about, the serving mindset, isn't for everyone. If your selling methods, which you talked about LinkedIn earlier, didn't you, Errol, about going out there and making genuine, that's the keyword, connections with others, which you did with me, which is why we had a great conversation. We got to know each other. And I found out you have a podcast. You were gracious enough to invite me. And here we are, as opposed to others who you might have experienced this contact you, no personal note, nothing. And five minutes later, you're being pitched to their great services and a link to their calendar to talk to them about something that apparently you need that you didn't know, but they do. And so that is far from genuine. That is selling. That is pitching. If that method works for you, and it works, and you're okay with that, our conversation and my book isn't for you, but my book is for those of us who went into business to do the work that we love. I know that's becoming a cliche, but that's still true. Doing the work that you love, having the impact on the world that you know you can have, but hating that selling part, feeling that you either have to compromise everything and give away the farm to be able to get people to buy from you, or you have to go into these scarcity um, mentality or tactics or pressure techniques to make people buy. And none of that is true. There is a different way to do this. And so this is what, what we're talking about, Errol. You can approach your whole business from the serving mindset. And I've done it in my business. And that's when I started to have real success and real momentum. And it's what I've taught others. This whole aspect of attracting your, your, your ideal client, which I think this is really part of, uh, and built, bringing in the, uh, the sales from a lot of these other activities. I think probably a lot of people maybe don't kind of understand some of the connection of going from uh, not selling, yeah. serving, to yeah. be able to move towards really having more, uh, more sales. Sure. Uh, so we can break that down a little bit. Sure. Why don't we work with an example? Um, so, for instance, if somebody inquires about my services, um, and first of all, there is the whole approach of going out there and finding people. Like people say, I have to go get a client. I have to get customers. And I think that mindset in itself, because I talk about mindset first before application of the of the mindset. And so that mindset of going out there to get people, if you could shift that to I'm going to create my clients. In other words, I'm going to create the, 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 the perfect environment or the perfect situation where I meet someone and we have a conversation and we are a good fit and there's mutual understanding and mutual benefit to engage in a business relationship. And so the, all of that mindset comes into the way I teach people to have conversations. So for instance, I believe the first thing you could drop if you're doing this in your sales conversations is making assumptions, making assumptions that the person who has inquired, yes, they have shown interest in your products and services, actually need what you have, what they want what you have. And I think that comes down to us being so passionate about serving and helping. It comes from a good place, but the timing of that piece is really key. 
So we go into conversations. We hear just a little bit about what they might be challenged with. And then we can't wait to tell them how great our services are and how we can help them. And so if there's one thing I want you to look at for yourself to see whether you're doing this really well, or maybe this is an area you could improve to be even more effective, is when in that conversation do you, when and how do you bring up the fact that yes, you can help this person solve their challenge with your solution? And how does that feel when you do that? How is it received by your prospect? Because if you do it too soon, you miss the real opportunity. By too soon, I mean you don't quite know enough about what it is that they really struggle with. There is the surface level struggle that they're going to tell you, I want to make more money. I want to have more clients. I want to be more um, a bigger brand. Okay, great. And you have all your methods to help them. But there is deeper level struggles that's unique to most people. And if you can get to that before you approach them with your services and before, before you go in that part of the conversation, you have developed a deeper level of trust by listening, by asking questions, by going deeper, by being curious, by pausing and slowing down the conversation, as opposed to where you feel when you're being sold, which we have all experienced, you're being rushed to a decision. And that is not the way to do the kind of business and the kind of the level of work that I talk about. It works. People will end up buying. But we're talking about feeling great about the process and commanding the premium level services. If you're really good at what you do, the premium level services that match the level of value you bring to their business. And so as a practical, actionable step in all of this, how soon in the conversation do you propose what you offer and how deep have you gone into the challenge, into that person's business before you do that? Uh, tell, yeah, tell us more. So what would you say, can you break mm -hmm. down, uh, do you have maybe some examples, perhaps maybe some examples of uh, some maybe failures in the approach to this and maybe some, maybe some successes? Sure. The failures probably teach the most, uh, yes. might be the most uh, hardest to share, but if you've got one that stands out, yes. uh, that could be interesting. So I'm going to highlight the assumptions because it's so big, so big. I mean, we make it all the time. So there was, um, and this was years ago, there was a, a woman I met at a conference in Thailand and, and uh, she was a brilliant woman. She came to me later to inquire about my coaching and I made the worst assumption. I made the assumption she cannot afford my services. Now that, I, I learned so much from that assumption. And, and she went on and she found another coach, but, but she picked up on that. And it was really awkward when she brought it up. So I had already made an assumption based on her stage of business, maybe where she was in life, that she couldn't afford my services. And I am willing to bet this is not a, an uncommon assumption. You may think someone, and this is the irony that you find out later, people who are making, gosh, much tons of money and they're doing well in their career in their business may not be willing to spend anything they might have a very very small budget and people who might be at the very beginning stages of their business they're struggling they will surprise you if they want 
to do something, they are willing to spend and make it happen. So we cannot put assumptions on who can afford what. In fact, it's none of your business. Now, when you get to the conversation of making the investment and then addressing the objections around that, yes, you want to navigate that. And I talk about that in this book. Addressing the objections in a proposal is a skill that will set you apart from many others because very few talk about it. But making, so you're talking about failures. I failed to serve that prospect because I made an assumption about her. And whether that assumption was correct or not doesn't matter. That assumption actually changed the actions I took in that conversation. And um, it didn't serve either of us. Instead of being open when there was interest and there was an opportunity to ask if she would like to hear more, to let her make that decision and to explore further and to see whether that's a proposal that makes sense for her. Does that make sense? It does. So, and we do that assumption all the time. So if you remove that assumption and somebody comes to you and you truly follow a system that helps you figure out whether you can serve this person with your brilliant services and products, and I mean brilliant in a real way, you have great things to offer. When the right client is before you, that is where the joy of business comes through because there is a good match, the energy is there, the, the, the mutual understanding is there. So you want to make sure the timing is right, the, the approach is right, that you have truly explored and then you speak up. Yes, I can help you. Would you like to hear more? Yes. So tell me that this just this jumped out as you were saying that. So I imagine that as this is a, a real paradigm shift for a lot of people of mm -hmm. switching to serving and yeah. the servant servant leadership, for example, could be a conversation. This is really serve to sell, right? Serve to do business. So it is not serve to sell necessarily, Errol. That's, that's the part where, you know, and, and, and you might be, you know, approaching it uh, in that way. The book, what I talk about, it isn't necessarily serve to sell. It is serve to, to, to serve. So it might result in a sale now. It might result in a sale years later. I have experienced this. I do every day. It might not result in a sale with that person. It might result in a referral. It might result in a great review that leads to more for you, in a great relationship. It's not served to sell necessarily. So just, just, just making that distinction. So it could be served to sell if it makes sense. Actually, so I agree with that, and I, I appreciate your response with that. It's I definitely uh, agree that there's going to be a lot of other things other than, you know, mm. purchase of the particular product that has a lot of value. So it's not necessarily getting the ticket for whatever it is that we're selling. I definitely see that there are a lot of other, uh, a lot of other avenues that result in uh, deepening yeah. of relationships. Uh, but ultimately, the, the mindset of approaching this, how would somebody go from not having this mindset to then structuring things, even the, uh, the specific trying to know who you're trying to connect with and getting clear on you know, who you're trying to serve mm -hmm. uh, versus what you're trying to sell or what you have to offer, who you're trying to serve. How would you go about even trying to uh, structure that so you know how to structure your approach to this? Okay. Let's see how I want to break this down because I love giving actionable practical steps, but how we think about the whole selling is a key. 
So for instance, I would say, take a look at your business and what you're doing right now. Okay. And, and, and again, where is it that um, you're really struggling? If you don't know the value of your services and, or maybe you know it, but you can't clearly articulate it. So if you and I sat, sat down, Errol, and I wanted to know what is the value that you offer and what is the return on that investment, if you and I were engaged in a business relationship, if you cannot speak to that clearly, then yes, we need to stop having conversations and figure that out. Where is it that I help people the most? And that is a different process. And I don't really delve into that, but I think it's important to be very clear on what it is that you do. How good are you in what you do? So to command the premium prices that I talk about, you need to be at an intermediate to advanced level of offering what you do. You need to be able to go deep. You can't just work with someone on a surface level. You need to be able to work with them maybe for a year and still be able to serve them, to help them, to, to move them further along on their goals. And that comes with experience, with expertise, with years of building skills. So you may not be there yet and you will get there. So being clear on where you are and the value you offer and being able to speak to it in a language that connects in a way that says, this is the return on the investment you would get if you and I were engaged in a relationship. These are the outcomes I can help you create in your business, your career, your profession, your life. These are the areas I am really good at helping people. Would you like to hear more? That's clarity. And that I think comes again with experience. So that was, I think, the first part of your question. But then let's say you have that. Let's say you're, you're, you're clear on that. And now you're in a place where you want to create clients, maybe a different level of clients. So I like to start with the relationships I have. I don't necessarily resort to the cold calling. There is a way to do cold calling and build new relationships, of course. But I would say, look at who you know. Look at the people who trust you, who have done work with you before, who have endorsed you, and see whether there is any, anywhere you could explore there. And of course, you know, there is the whole platform of your business, right? I don't know if, you know, maybe you're, you're doing some marketing, there is some leads coming in, but um, there is, you know, that, that's a huge topic. Like we can't break it all down. But if you're trying to figure out, and again, I am getting away from the question. I want to stay focused on the question. But if you're trying to figure out how to create a client from a different place, think about getting curious, okay? Instead of here is what I have, who can buy it? Can we switch that? Can we shift that paradigm to, I wonder what this person is struggling with. I may be able to help them. There is some criteria, right? You, you have to be clear to some extent. Like if you're going to work with people with career and a leadership element of career and senior people in the leadership role, okay, we have some clarity. But within that, then you want to explore and get curious. Know what questions to ask to go deep in a conversation, to learn more about that person. You need to be able to understand people's problems better than they understand it and be able to share it with them and make sure they agree with you. And if not, explore that. So deep understanding of the problems of your target audience, your target prospect, I would say that's a good place to start. You know, I love that you just said that because I speak to so many 
business owners, so many entrepreneurs that are so scared to niche down their business. And they think that if they are not selling to everybody mm -hmm. or trying to help everybody, that they're going to lose out. But in fact, you, you have to niche down to understand what the narrative of that person is and what those challenges are, or mm -hmm. you don't serve anybody. Yes, yes. And you know what? The niche down is a whole other topic we could get to. You know, I mean, I... I have clients in all walks of life and I've, I've, you know, I've evolved my business. I started with career coaching. I've coached managers and employees and then I've coached executives and now I'm primarily working with business owners. But every now and then I have a conversation or several conversations, like that's another thing, you know, how I walk a prospect all the way through where we are ready to work together. So several conversations, a good investment of time with someone say in the corporate world, and I can still do the career coaching, but if the elements are there and we feel we can work together, I do it. But I'm very clear on where I want to focus. So it's not about niching down and missing out on other opportunities. It's going where you can be of most value so that there is a maximum return on the investment of your precious time and energy and theirs. Does that make sense? Because that's where I think you maximize the joy. That, that's the zone of genius they talk about. It doesn't mean you cannot do other work. Believe me, I've, I've written books on juicing and smoothies. I mean, how related is that to business? Actually, it is kind of related. But you know, you can play, but you got to know your zone of genius, because that's where you can take your business to a whole new level. Uh, but uh, a couple of things that I know you had highlighted here in your LinkedIn profile, maybe we can uh, add some value with sort of answering some of these questions. So uh, here, one of the things that you said is that, you know, one, uh, one question would be, you know, are you, are the current systems that you have not resulting in predictable income and consistent growth? So if, you're looking mm -hmm. at your current systems, not resulting in predictable income and consistent growth. If you look at implementing more of a, a servant, uh, a servant, a servant mindset, serving mindset mm -hmm. to your approach, um, how, how specifically might that impact the current systems to result in more predictable income and consistent growth? Oh my God, you do ask tough questions. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to use the word scalability. This helped me a lot in my business. So let's see if this is helpful. Basically, we're talking about, are you growing at the rate you want to be growing without killing yourself, without working 80 hours a week on your business when you gave up a miserable job so that you don't work 80 hours a week? Okay, let's simplify yep. it. Scalability. The business has to scale or it will eventually fizzle out. You as a human being have to scale. So you need to understand how to scale what you offer and how it then you know results in the income and the profit and and bottom line for you and so i started out most coaches do i started out charging by the hour and selling very small packages thinking that is absolutely the ceiling for someone at my level and i was killing myself i had so many clients i was working so many hours naturally i started to resent coaching and some of my clients None of their fault, all mine, because I wasn't setting up the model of my business in a way that's scaled. And therefore, if you're not scaling, you end up not feeling great. And if you, and if, especially if you're a professional in the professional services world, where you are the asset, you are the intellect. If you are tired, fatigued, not at your best, 
how well can you serve your clients? How creative can you be on those conversations? How well can you help them? You can't. So scalability, scale the business. So moving away from the hourly to outcomes, results, and packages and, and longer-term contracts was the absolute solution for me. And so fewer clients, higher level of work, much, much higher um, uh, income, and room for growth, for creativity, such as writing a book and going on to speak. So the question I want you to ask yourself, looking at your current methods is, okay, I have my methods, I have my systems. Let's not change for the sake of change. Am I scaling? How many hours am I working? How much energy am I expending? How many, how many team members I have? How much staff do I have? What is the expense of my business? And what is this resulting in? If I'm working 80 hours a week, but I'm making a lot of money and I'm happy with it, then maybe I need to hire more people because I have a lot of income coming in and I can delegate and I can scale back. That way I can be feeling better and I still have the income, but I'm going to delegate. I'm growing at a fast rate. But if you're not growing and you're tired, then you look at the model, you look at your packages, you look at your offerings and you look and you say, okay, can I change this? Can I drop some of the, the, the things that are not resulting in a lot of income over here that they're taking up a lot of energy and maybe I don't even enjoy them, right? What can I keep and what is the premium? You know, I teach this triangle method, Errol, where, you know, it's a triangle and the bottom is the easiest, no um, access, like low access to ban boundary. That's not the right term. I'm sorry. But it's basically where anybody can access you. It's the free content you put out there. And it's the maximum number of people that can reach you. As you go up the triangle, you have your smaller offerings, maybe a book, maybe $20 book people go out and buy. And then maybe a $300 product, they engage with you a little bit or it's self-paced. And then you move up. You have to have a model that offers at the top of that triangle, maybe a $50,000 uh, contract to work with you and engage with you. That's scalability. And then you have to do the math and say, okay, how many sales do I need at this level, at this level, and at the very top? Maybe if you close two contracts at the top, you're done. You're done and the rest is just playtime. So scalability, I'm going to emphasize that word, is key. If your methods and your processes don't scale to the results and to the way you want to feel at the end of the day, it is time to change. And to bring in the serving mindset, I can't tell you how much this shifted my business and the way I feel and the way my clients feel as a result of our work because I'm serving better by scaling. And that means you're going to turn away a lot of people who are not gonna be your target market anymore. But if you are good at what you do, there are people at the top of that triangle willing to work with you, happier than the other clients to invest with you. And you can actually have the level of impact you're dying to have because you have, you're commanding the prices and you have the opportunity to work with the right clients. So that's my answer. Hopefully that, that was works. A that was a million dollar answer. I mean, that, that, there's so much value in depth to that. I mean, really, of all the, the connecting that I've been doing, I mean, to to come across an answer even, you know, like that, uh, it's uh, it makes it all worthwhile. That's phenomenal. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Um, Thank I think you. There's Too so kind. Much, 
No, absolutely. It's well, well warranted. That was, that was very valuable. Question that you posted here or you put out is that if you want to have better conversations and better relationships and more effortless sales, I think we may have already touched on that, but anything you'd like to share that regarding the servant, the serving yes. mindset that will help you to have better conversations, better relationships and more effortless sales. Yes. So much. Okay. I'm going to try to be efficient here. So for instance, yesterday I spent two hours in a coffee shop speaking to an old client. This is, he worked with me in 2016. We, we touched base one more time in 2017 and we had another hour and a half conversation in 2018. Okay. I was glad to invest the time. And just now we are talking about possibly engaging again. So this, as opposed to those 30 minute teaser conversations, I'm sorry, coaches, but if you're doing that, how deep can you go in a conversation to get to know a prospect, to really be able to say whether you can help them or not? I would say if there's one thing you change, change the amount of time you invest in people as long as it makes sense, as long as we're talking about the top of the triangle, as long as you're creating clients that would more than pay off if you invest two, four, six hours with them, get to know them, be the person that invests more time knowing your value full well, knowing full well that when that, if that person is ready and if it's a good fit, that it wasn't time wasted. But that doesn't mean you have to close the sale either. It means that maybe two years later, they'll come back and they'll have a company by then and they'll engage you for six more years. Scalability, long-term. So the short answer is learn to have deep, long, powerful conversations. If you do nothing else, that's what I talk about in the serving mindset. Change the way you're having conversations and you set yourself apart. You may be able to forget all about social media because you'll get two or three clients that are really trusting you and your business is scalable. You have the profits. Everything else is just play and experiment. And I think that's a great place to be because when you have the right income coming in, you can build on that. The foundation of the business is there because we need sales to run a profitable, sustainable business. So have more powerful conversations. That's my answer for you, Errol. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I think that's a that's a great place to sort of end. I feel like we could we could talk more and more, and there's so much more to this. But I would sure. definitely say that at this point, uh, you know, really anybody here that uh, is within my community, obviously, I would highly recommend that they really kind of connect with you. Yes. Obviously, obviously, you have the the book there that will break down to the serving mindset. And I think there's, there's so much more to the serving mindset that really needs to be focused on. And clearly we can see the value of, of doing that, I think, from our conversation you know, here. So uh, anything else that comes to mind for you that you'd like to share? Or is this a good place to sort of round things out for today? No. Fun conversation with you. Thank you for the challenging questions. And such a pleasure to speak to you and your community, Errol. And, and I think, you know, if you just change the way you see selling and just completely drop the sales agenda, forget that, and focus on serving, but knowing your value full well, that um, you will have a, a different experience altogether with business. And I would love to connect with any of you. So feel free to reach out. Thanks again for having me on your fabulous show. Absolutely, Farnoosh. Well, thank you so much. Cheers. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Errol Helps Entrepreneurs Increase Visibility, Credibility, and Profitability. If you enjoyed the conversation today and you find yourself wanting more, there is. These conversations are recorded live in our closed Facebook community for entrepreneurs called LinkedIn Mastery. Head on over to Facebook for LinkedIn Mastery to find the extended clip of this recording along with many other conversations and resources to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. Just be sure to replace the Y at the end of Mastery with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Mastery, where entrepreneurs go to network and learn how to attract their ideal clients via LinkedIn and broker powerful connections worldwide. Be sure to visit us at LinkedIn Mastery on Facebook. Be sure to replace the Y with three E's and join us at LinkedIn Mastery.